What's going on guys? My name is Kenneth Yambo and I am one of the three hosts of the Bridging the Geekdoms podcast and today we have a special presentation planned for you guys as we discuss fandoms and whether in today's world fans have gone a little too far in expressing their fandoms. Joining me today will be the one and only and usual host for these shows, Robert Slavinsky. And we also have a special guest today in Jonathan Stewart, who is the host of the Studio Time podcast, as well as the runner for the the Daily Show on Mondays for the Cultured Nerd, The Rundown. Let's get it started. Welcome, and uh, thank you both for joining this discussion. I uh, definitely appreciate you guys taking some time out of your Saturday to discuss this. But um, this is obviously a topic that's been very hot in the past couple weeks, past few months, even going back considerably and I know both of you have talked about it and I've talked to both of you individually about just how fandoms have started and how they've evolved to where we are today so I kind of wanted to start this discussion and kind of bring it back to where it all began and just speaking personally for me you know I think the first movie I've watched where I became a true fan was Michael Keaton's Batman the first one so um, from there on out, it was really just a love affair with uh, a lot of the projects that were coming out. I never really knew anything behind the scenes, but as time has gone on and I've learned a lot more behind the scenes of a lot of these movies, I feel like my fandom has evolved from where I started. But um, I'm interested to hear your guys' take of where you guys began and kind of where you feel like you guys are now as part of a fandom of multiple uh, cinematic franchises and everything. So let's get it started. Yeah, I, I mean, for for me, uh, my love for pop culture started much like yours did back in the uh, late '80s, early '90s when I was a little co- little toddler, little toddler. I can't talk, <laughs> little toddler, <laughs> little toddler sitting on my dad's lap watching reruns of 1966 Batman, and it just grew from there. Ninja Turtles was I was a huge Ninja Turtle fan, and Power Rangers and everything like that. It, it just kind of snowballed through the 90s into the 2000s and it, it definitely did help that we had this boom of superhero films come out in the 2000s uh you know i, I was a huge star wars fan in 2005 it, we all believed that star wars was done we believed george lucas was not going to make anything at least film wise uh, you know with the star wars universe so i was kind of lost like what am i going to be into now and just a few years later, we got the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that really just built my love even more for comics and, and that whole genre and area of things. So it's been a very, very interesting ride over the last, well, I'm 37, so 37 years. But yeah, I mean, I'm interested to, to hear you guys. Yeah, um, <clears throat> we we all kind of started out basically the same. My uh, My love for superheroes started with batman um batman the animated series was how i got uh how i was introduced to um superheroes you know uh rmp kevin conroy who was who is batman um and i guess the first superhero movie i saw was batman returns um and that just introduced me to the whole uh cinematic version of of superheroes and i've just been in love with them ever since um read read a lot of comics as a kid don't read as much now just because of of time but um i still try to get it in when i can and um you know the the early 2000s was really a special time for for superhero movies in general because you know uh well before that you know in uh 90 98 we had blade 
uh, which was which was the unofficial start to this the superhero boom. But when X Men came out, that was that that was it. Um, and yep. then we had Spider Man after that. Yep. Spider Man Two, one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. Um, and then you know, a couple years later, we got uh, the Dark Knight, which is one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, and it, you know, it, it, it and you know, we 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 got the MCU. Uh, that same year, which took cues from the original uh, Richard Donner Superman on how to make uh, superhero films. And it, it just really had a very, very strong foundation. And I, I never would have thought that um, that we would have that the market would be saturated with superhero movies right uh, because when I was, you know, when I was in high school, like that, that was, you know, that was very, that was a very small niche, you know, like nobody knew who black widow was now black widow is a, is a household name. Um, I didn't, I didn't even know who uh, the guardians of the galaxy were. Now my mother knows who's guardian of the galaxy is. So it's, um, it's, it, it it's been it's been a, a wonderful ride, and I don't think the ride is over. I just think it's going to change a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think um, it's definitely changed over the past, I want to say, 10 years, honestly. So um, we are here now, and kind of the second part of the question that I feel like I would like to kind of – I'm interested to see where you guys are at is – as a fan, do you guys? Where do you guys feel like you guys are at? Like, are you guys fanatics? Are you guys just? I wouldn't say casual, but more on the casual side of things. Like, you guys aren't stressing to reach certain premiere dates and stuff. Like, where are you guys at currently with your fandom? I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a casual. Um, I, I I think I have some expertise uh, on the subject. Um, because you know, it, I'm I'm very interested in I'm, I'm a huge nerd but i wouldn't go as far as to say that i'm like a, a crazed fanatic i take it seriously and and I, I want this to keep going but you know with with you know you got your your general audiences and then you got your you know your subset of of fans um i guess i'm somewhere in in the middle because i'm not quite as uh i'm enthusiastic but i'm i'm i i don't i don't i like to think that i don't take it to a toxic level um and i'm and i'm very passionate about it but um there there is a cap so uh that that that's where i am right now i just i i just want a good i just want good movies man that's all i want i don't care who makes it just make it good <laughs> definitely yeah i mean for me uh, i'm there's different sections of pop culture for me when it comes to fandoms. You know, you have the Star Wars fandom, DC, Marvel, and mm -hmm. in a way it's all gathered up in pop culture, but obviously there's different parts of it that I'm bigger fan a bigger fan of than others. Star mm -hmm. Wars has been near and dear to my heart since I was a kid. Uh, it was my escape from reality growing up. And because of that, I've just grown so attached to everything it is and what it has has become. And yeah, I'm definitely disappointed in the lack of uh you know uh, care that they've taken it taken into it with or taken with it but mm -hmm. you know i i love star wars i but then there's dc and then there's marvel and again i grew up watching the old batman on my dad's lap so i i love <laughs> dc marvel i wasn't so much of a fan of until much later yeah i watched 
the Spider-Man animated series in the 90s, which mm-hmm. was great, and the X-Men and the Spider-Man movies. But the MCU is really what pulled me into really, really liking Marvel and, and diving into those comics. And I mean, I'd be remiss to, if I didn't say, you know, my very first comic book ever was a Scarlet Spider Spider-Man comic book back in the early or mid nineties. So, you know, I've been attached to everything in some form or fashion. And because of that, I kind of feel like I, I have this, this passion, this excitement about around all of it in some form or fashion. And because of that, everything that goes on, whether it's good or bad affects me in a way. So yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna sit there. I'm I'm a huge fanatic because I don't know everything about everything, right. but I'm to the point where hey, I understand what's going on. I, I enjoy this stuff, and I, and because of how much I enjoy it, I want to keep learning more about it and diving into everything. So that's kind of where I stand with it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm right there with you. I I'm 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 a I'm a comic book fan, like a, a superhero fan first. Yeah. Um. I lean a little bit more towards DC because of the way they tell their stories. They're, they're bigger, they're grander, they're a little more darker. Um, and they're, uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like, like, like Zack Snyder said, he says superheroes are, are the, the mythology of our time and DC handles their characters as if they're like a, a pantheon of, of, of gods. And, and, and I like that. And that doesn't mean that I'm not necessarily a fan of, of Marvel because Marvel tends to tell the, the everyman story um, just in a, 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 a superhero way. And I, I like that. Um, but like you said, the MCU is really what kicked it, kicked it into overdrive because I, I was always, um, always had a little bit of expertise in, in in Marvel not so much as uh not so much as I had in DC but the MCU kind of reignited my um my interest in Marvel because you know like like you Rob I, I watched the the X-Men uh series growing up um yep. the Spider-Man animated series uh, all of them they, I think Spider-Man had had like four or five animated series I, I watched all of them um but you know, I was I was more selective with with Marvel, um, whereas DC I would watch literally anything DC, read anything DC. So, but the, my my allegiance lies with with superheroes. But I am very much a, um, a fan of all um, nerd culture. Um, you know, recently I got I got into to anime. Um, I wasn't always an anime fan, but I I realized that I'm I'm attracted. Yeah, I, I'm a tr- I'm attracted to more older anime than the newer anime. So I'm I like I'm I'm big on 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 Trigun. I've been getting into Gundam lately. Um, eventually, I'll you know I'll migrate to the you know the Bleaches and the Death Note and stuff like that. But um, right now, I'm just watching the older stuff. But and and yeah. Star Wars as well. I'm more of a, a casual with with Star Wars as well. So I understand that Star Wars that universe has has some problems as of late but you know because so, i'm a casual they don't necessarily uh offend me <laughs> yeah so, right yep. i think we've yeah. all kind of just grown a personal connection to a lot of these properties because in one shape or form it kind of shapes who we are and our identity and kind of how we move forward and stuff so it's um it's something that's very relevant in today's pop culture obviously and um 
it's definitely evolved from where it started to where it is now. I think all three of us kind of fall in the same boat that we love being consumers of the products and we love watching just good product on the screen. But obviously that's not the whole fandom as a whole as it stands right now. So kind of taking our personal standings in the fandom away, what are your guys' take on where the fandom stands now? And I'm just, we're, we're going to delve a little bit later on into specific tiers of fandoms, but in general as a whole right now, what do you guys think of the fandom as it stands currently in the market today? Who want you want to take it first, Jay, or you want me to go? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll take it first. Um, superhero superhero fans in general, uh, it, it you know it, it's a bit of a mixed bag, um, but generally you know you you got you got two sides. You got Marvel and DC. Um, one of them is united, and the other is not. <laughs> Uh, and unfortunately, um, you know, it, it, it uh, unfortunately DC is is the fandom that is uh, a little bit separated or, or a lot of bit separated. Um, but as of late, it seems like uh, most everyone in the in the in the fan base has been united for the wrong thing, and that is the the negative. Uh, the, the negative uh, reaction to James Gunn's decisions regarding um, DC. I know that, you know, not, not, it, not everything, um, not all the news that we've gotten is good, but there is no, there shouldn't be any room for toxicity. Um, you know, whether you're a, a, a Snyder fan or not, whether you like newer, elseworld stuff or you're more of a traditionalist like every everyone deserves respect um all of these uh creators and filmmakers um that have been fortunate enough to handle these characters deserves to have their story told and um i'm not with the hashtags like you know firing james gunn and stuff like that um i was very much a part of the 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 snyderverse movement and the, the the Snyder the Snyder Cut uh, movement yep. before the Snyder Cut was officially announced, yep. um, and you know I, I'm I'm glad that that trilogy got to see its completion. Um, would I love more? Absolutely, but you know I'm grateful for what we have. But uh, no no matter how we feel about these these uh, characters and what our idea of um of those characters is or what they should be on the big screen. Everyone deserves, everyone deserves respect and everyone deserves to have their, their story told. So that's where I am. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's listened to me, heard me, see me on Twitter, on social media, what have you is going to know where I really stand here. And I, I think fandom as a whole, whether it's star Wars, Marvel, DC, they're stuck in this, entitlement phase they think that they are mm -hmm. entitled to exactly what they want and only what they want artistic integrity be damned that is what they want that is how they act and i don't know if it's because of this current age that we're in this generation of these uh, you know what's going on in america and the world i don't know if it's that it's because of the internet because everybody feels safe behind their keyboard on social media and calling out and you know trying to get 
hardworking people fired, whatever it is. At this point, it's it's got to stop. It has to stop. Yes, I, I've sat there. I've I've been one who's criticized Kathy Kennedy for Lucasfilm, and I do believe they need to move on from from Kathy Kennedy there to hopefully fix uh -huh. things and get things a lot better. Same with with DC. I was critical of Jeff Johns and and Walter Hamada and Toby Emmerich and whoever was involved from 2017 until Discovery took over. But here's the thing. You know, there's an understanding that, okay, yeah, I would love to see Zack Snyder's universe completed, but I understand that that may not be in the cards. What they're doing now doesn't, doesn't work, is not working well, so I don't want them there anymore, sure. So I'm going to voice my opinion, but I'm willing to hear you out and see what you do if you do make the changes that we ask for. The problem is you take a look at this DC stuff going on right now. Nobody's giving James Gunn a shot. People don't understand that. First off, James Gunn made a critically and audience acclaimed movie with the Suicide Squad. Did it make money at the box office? It didn't because of many circumstances. It's rated R. It came out on HBO same day as, as it came out in theaters. Pandemic was still kind of iffy at that time around the world. There's big reasons. And then, you know, they'll sit there. Well, what about Dune? What about this? Well, it didn't have all the same issues that the Suicide Squad had, because not only that, it was also following up a film that while it did well in the box office, people thought it was terrible in the first Suicide Squad. So there's a lot of circumstances there. So when you take a look at what James Gunn and Peter Safran coming in, you have to understand like, hey, we got to give them a shot. Well, they're not restoring the Snyderverse, so they suck. They they fired Henry Cavill. He sucks. He needs to go. Well, that's not that's not the artistic integrity you fought for with the Snyderverse. And here no. comes that entitlement that everybody has. This entitlement, well, no, I want what I want. Well, that's not how it works. It, you know, that's not how it works. And it again, it, it happens with Star Wars, but I think what it really what really doesn't help everything is those online who facilitate this hope and this anger and this hatred as well. The time frame for the Snyder Cut being released, and it was actually after, really after, I'd say 2020, like January of 2020, we started to see a shift online. And it's because of the pandemic where all these people started popping up online, whether it's, you know, scoopers or what have you were, were popping up. And they started realizing like, oh, I can make some shit up and people are going to follow my YouTube and, and listen to me and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Well, that continued even after the Snyder cut got announced, it continued and it was, Oh, well, we're going to restore the Snyderverse now. Oh, it's coming guys. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. I heard this, 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 and this, and whether it, those things were true or not, it didn't end up happening. And these scoopers, these grifters, as I like to call them, are continuing this game and trying to excite people and give them hope when they know damn well there's no hope in certain aspects of it. And I'm not against people holding out hope because that's one of the things people always fight with me on, on Twitter with is, why are you so against people having hope? It's not that I'm against people having hope. It's against I'm against people who get this hope. And then when it doesn't pan out, them turning it into hate and anger and throwing it yeah. at the studio and throwing it at the P at other people on Twitter. That's what I'm against. Go ahead. Be hopeful. I'm hopeful. 
I hope that SnyderCon in a few weeks, they do sit there and say, well, they gave us the green light to do this, but it's probably not going to happen, but I'm hopeful that it could. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it bothers me that, like you said, fans won't want what they want when they want it, exactly how they want it. And they think that they can just will something into existence without looking at the logistics. You got to think, you got to think about stuff pragmatically the snyder cut happened obviously the uh, a lot of people wanted it because perfect justice storm. league was yeah it was yeah it was, it was a perfect storm justice league was terrible yep. um zach snyder that, had all yep. pretty much almost a, a finished movie so he just had to tie up some loose ends do some special effects shoot shoot literally one scene um and so it like like you said it was a perfect storm of events this is a very different situation this is not a perfect storm of events this is i I don't even know what what to call it now like james gunn has has come in and he's trying to fix fix a mess that he didn't make it's it's kind of like when a new president gets elected they spend like most of their first term undoing what the last president did (laughs) so that's exactly what what's what's happening with with James Gunn. So he's trying to undo what Hamada, Emmerich, uh, Ann Sarnoff, Jeff Johns, what all what all those guys did, and people are not giving him a chance to realize the vision. Not one single camera has rolled yet, and people are already like storming the castle with 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 pitchforks and torches, and it, it's. It's very, very frustrating, and and it's not just Snyder fans. It's it's on both ends of the spectrum. That's why I said like DC fans are finally united, but they're united for the wrong reason, and it's 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 very frustrating. I just I just don't understand why we won't give James Gunn a chance. Now I, I've been very critical of James Gunn in the in the past um, for his his style of filmmaking. I I think he tends to um, bring the the narrative to a halt in order to um get a laugh um he he's he's done that in uh the suicide squad he's done that in peacemaker he's even done that in in guardians guardians of the galaxy which which is a great movie the volume one is a great movie volume two not so much but i still kind of have some respect for it for its character development but that but that brings me to my next point like i got it i got it you know, give credit where credit is due and, and give him his flowers. Like James Gunn understands character. While I'm not necessarily a huge fan of his sense of humor, I I would be remiss to say that James Gunn didn't make me feel yeah. like as, as many problems as volume volume two has. It has one of the emo- the most emotional moments in the MCU with Yondo's death and his 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 like his send off, um, and like J- James James Gunn is a master of empathy. He he did the same thing in 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 the Suicide Squad. Um, while I don't like that movie as much as most people, I'd still like it, but not not as much as others. Um, what what he did with King Shark and and Ratcatcher, it like it, that. That is what I want for the for the DCU. I I want that um that emotion yeah. and that and that character it, character development. And hopefully he will learn from 
his his mistakes with with his his humor and his 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 narrative flaws. And but you know the thing I, is, with, with, I, I'm taking the meat and spitting out the bones with with James Gunn. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to to directors and writers, though, they they have more than you know one way of doing things. If you take a look at James Gunn, what he's done for a number of years, a number of his movies, they they are all in some form or fashion different uh yeah mm-hmm. the, a lot of them have that humor and some of them have you know look at suicide squad the, the suicide squad was very dick and fart joke type of humor whereas guardians mm-hmm. of the galaxy was not like that i mean it, it had a little bit but it wasn't like it, yeah. that and the thing is is he's not just a a one-tone type of writer he can do a lot of things and he does understand you know he's writing superman directing superman he understands the character mm-hmm. and he he knows that he's a smart man he's not going to go in there having superman sit there and you know just like peacemaker in the the film sitting there you know blowing farts you know and throwing you know the the stink to to other people in a van he's not going to have superman do that <laughs> people think people act like oh that's what he's going to do but it's not right and right. again it comes to this this false sense of entitlements because people are like well this is what i want i want what Zack snyder did and when you think about it, we could get that. We could get better, but people just don't want to see it because they're so stuck on what they want that they refuse to see that we could get great other. The Batman is a great example. I'm not a fan of that movie, but it did really well. All the people who are sitting there saying, why do we need a Batman movie when Ben Affleck is Batman? Well, we got a Batman movie. It was a damn good movie. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the way you got to look at it sometimes. Right, it's so right. ebb and, it's so ebb and flow too because I feel like a lot of the people that the fans are clamoring for to come back are fans are people that when they were first announced as cast as first announced as the characters they were casted in we had laundry lists of petitions getting them to get fired <laughs> happened with Ben Affleck I know it happened with Heath Ledger and to be honest with you those are two performances that are kind of lauded as one of the better interpretations of a comic book character so. Um, I think it's very ebb and flow, or at least it used to be very ebb and flow, where you would initially get a reaction from a fan base, but then that fan base would kind of settle in and kind of wait for the finished product to come out. But now I feel like we've kind of launched to a more rabid base where if we don't get kind of what both of you said, where if we don't get something that we want now in the way that we want it, we're going to boycott things. We're going to review bomb things. I remember when um, I believe it was King Kong versus Godzilla and Mortal Kombat were being review bombed by people that just wanted more Snyderverse. And I'm with you, John, honestly. I started with part of oh. putting awareness, but it definitely has evolved into a lot more of a rabid fan base for sure. So um, I'm disappointed to see where it's evolved to, but um you know, I wish that we can go back to kind of the ebb and flow of things where we kind of react, but kind of calm down after. But I feel like the reactions and the demands have kind of blown up to almost ridiculous proportions, like kind of what both of you articulated. Nobody really takes a look into the logistics of everything that they're asking for. Like it makes no fiscal responsibility. It makes no fiscal sense for any for any. Uh, studio to kind of offer for the Snyderverse just because of the cost of the characters, the cost of the IP itself and stuff like that. So I think the yeah. unrealistic levels of the fan base have definitely increased as the years have increased for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, going back to what you said about like the casting and, and the reactions, like the toxic DC fans and 
Warner Brothers, or at least the old regime, honestly, they deserve each other because <laughs> DC, DC fans have a history of hating the casting. It ha- with every single Batman, it has happened. Everyone, not one of not one Batman casting has has been liked um, from from the uh, initial announcement, and then they learn to to uh, <clears throat> to to love the character. People rioted when Michael Keaton got casted. People people were upset when Val Kilmer got casted. People were upset when George Clooney got casted. Um, they would they were very upset when Ben Affleck got casted. Um, yeah. Not yeah. not so much Christian Bale because people didn't really know who he was. So, and, and a lot they, of people they, didn't even realize a Batman movie was being made then. <laughs> right, right, and not yeah. not until it like actually came out. Yeah. Um, but uh, they 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 rioted when uh, Heath Ledger got cast, and he yep. and he has arguably one of the best performances in any sure. comic book movie ever. And it, it's it, it like I said, the though the the fans, the toxic fans, and the old regime, they reserve each other. They deserve each other because <laughs> they're both re- reactionary. Um, when right. BVS came out, Walter Amada and Toby Emmerich, they they hit the panic button, and said you know yep. Snyder is 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 not doing doing what we what he thought we would do and so they tried to hit the the reset button in the middle of a universe and that we you know we see how that turned out and then you know the fans on the other side very reactionary just very yep. impatient and 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 not wanting to wait it out just you know the same thing with with uh the old regime just impatient and not wanting to wait it out and not wanting to see the vision come to fruition. Cause if you look at, if you look at the MCU, look at the first phase of the MCU, the first phase of the MCU critically, like if you go on IMDB and, and, and letterbox or whatever, like those movies are not perfect, are not perceived as great. They're good, but they go up and down, you know, like most people love the first Iron Man. You know, Thor, Thor is kind of divisive. Captain yeah. America, the first Avenger is kind of divisive. So, uh, and, and people, and people treat, you know, the incredible Hulk like a red, redheaded stepchild still to this <laughs> day. Um, but it, the, the thing is that Kevin Feige didn't deviate from the plan. He knew where he wanted to go and he trusted the process and i feel like dc fans and warner brothers just don't trust the process and that and that is that's probably the root cause of all this toxicity is just not trusting the process and being patient yep it's just a lot of um a lot of unknown recently and that's something that i feel like is really refreshing with james gunn is that he puts a real quick nip in the bud to a lot of rumors that just are out there yeah. in Atlanta. So I'm really happy that he's kind of tried to cancel the scooping culture, which would be to the great delight of Rob over there, just getting rid of all scoopers in the world. That's his uh, Thanos reason for existing. But, um, you know, with I find it interesting because I'm uh, while while hearing you guys talk, I'm trying to think of different fandoms of different franchises. And it really comes down to a concentrated select of Marvel, DC and Star Wars in terms of the loudest. Like I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of the fast franchise and i don't really see those fans as rabid and they just enjoy no. everything they get and they just love the increased ridiculousness of i'm everybody. one of those fans <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. and then you know 
like the Jurassic Park fans who are just like really happy that the legacy characters came back in the last movie. Like, yeah, the last movie wasn't great, but we got to see the original cast members and where they all came from. So I really think that this fandom conversation is centered around three franchises. So I kind of wanted to go through each franchise and get a temperature check from both of you. So I kind of wanted to start. We're going to leave DC for the end because that probably would be the longest conversation. So I kind of wanted to start with Star Wars and kind of see where you guys are. So me personally, I think they've nailed almost everything on Disney+. Plus. Like there are some missteps with parts of their projects, but everything that for the most part that's come to Disney+, Plus, I've loved. I know Rob's going to disagree with me on a few projects, but... I think it's I think it's something that they've definitely found their niche in, but I can't lie to you. I was one of those people that showed up to the Rise of Skywalker really excited to see how everything was going to change, everything was going to conclude. I couldn't tell you how disappointed I was leaving that theater at 4 a.m. in the morning waiting for my train to come half an hour away. Like, I just couldn't be more disappointed. So um, for me right now, I'm really sour on Star Wars I'm hoping that we get some sort of announcement next month at Star Wars, uh, the celebration for Star Wars. But, you know, just with everything that's gone on and the recent news that we got of a couple different writers kind of stepping away from the projects that they were that they were involved with. Um, I'm just interested to hear your take. I know, Rob, you're very dedicated. And John, I know you mentioned earlier that you're more of a casual viewer. So I'm, it, it should be a little bit of a differing perspective, but I'm interested to hear both of your takes on the current temperature of the Star Wars fandom. Rob, do you want to you take Yeah, it? yeah, I'll go. Uh, <laughs> the, my Star Wars take and my, and my Marvel take are going to kind of be one and the same, only because they're both owned and run by the same parent company, Disney. Now, Star Wars has had a lot of issues, and the sequel trilogy, while it had its moments, it wasn't very great. Uh, the Disney Plus stuff, like you said, has been pretty solid to a point. Uh, I was not a huge fan of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I really, really wanted to be, but I just couldn't get into it. Book of Boba Fett wasn't as bad as a lot of people are saying, but it wasn't the Boba Fett that I think we all wanted to see. Wanted to see, yeah. I yeah, agree. so, I, you know, there's definitely been some room for improvement when it comes to star wars uh you know and again same with marvel i think marvel started off great and it's slowly changed quite a bit but i i truly feel that disney has and you know i may get some backlash for this but i do feel that they've they've fallen into this habit of the quote-unquote woke culture the this idea that they have to uh politicize or underhand like secretly or underhandedly politicize everything that they make whether it's on disney star wars marvel what have you you know whether it's inserting different agendas just just to do it or uh, you know trying to capitalize we saw recently where they're trying to just capitalize on the you know LGBTQ side of things or the race the race things going on right now in, in the country. And whether you're Maybe. against this idea or for this idea, there is there it is time to be worried because they're not focusing on the thing that's important, which is story. That is the important part is the story. It's not making sure that oh we are going to add an LGBTQ person, or we're going to add, you know, a, a, a Mexican or a black person or this, that, that is, that's all stuff that should come after the story. And it seems like to me, they've lost that. 
mm-hmm. Disney as a whole has lost that the idea of the story that is what it is and that is where I why I, I think you know as a fan of Star Wars as a fan of Marvel I, I've been very hesitant to get excited about these things you know take a look at Obi-Wan Kenobi that show was phenomenal Reva could have been an amazing character had they written her well had they given her a good story you know but they were so adamant like we have to have a woman of color in here we'll we'll give her a good story right (laughs) you know like give her a good story and we'll all be on board Mm -hmm. and that's that is yeah that's just one example of of many with that company so that's kind of where i am there is it Um, safe to color you worried about the the upcoming indiana jones movie we haven't seen enough to really <laughs> to, to know uh, from that, but I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I am. I mean, that's Lucasfilm, you know, so uh, I, I am a bit worried. I mean, come on. We're talking about Lucasfilm where the head of Lucasfilm, Kathy Kennedy came out a number of years ago saying the force is female, you know, wearing a shirt saying the force is female. What was the point of that? There's no point for that. You know, like just make a good character who's a female and show, hey, we can write a good story with a female character. And people are gonna be like, oh, yes, women are going to be excited about Star Wars then. But to wear a shirt that just says force is female, you know, the, it's just about pandering to these different sections of the world. And it, they're forgetting that that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to worry about the story. And, and I hope they don't mess it up with Indiana Jones. But who knows? <sighs> Yeah, Jay, um, what are you? What are your thoughts, man? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, at, at this point, it's just an echo chamber. Like I, I'm with you when you're right. Uh, like I said before, I'm a casual Star Wars fan, but I do recognize its issues. Um, I did watch Obi Wan Kenobi, um, and I did like it. Was it great? No. Was Was it bad? Absolutely not. It was. It was. A, it was a good show. Personally, I would have preferred it to be. Um, a bit darker in tone but that's just a personal preference but the biggest problem with that show was reva it, it like it she was not a a very well written villain and that like when it comes to fantasy science fiction and 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 what have you like the villain really makes it like every everybody loves the hero but if if your villain is bad like you you have a big chunk of your story missing um for example going uh, i know i'm going a little bit ahead but for like marvel um thor the dark world if if thor the dark world had a better a better villain that movie is drastically changed because everything else about that movie is pretty decent um especially the relationship with thor and loki i, I love mm-hmm. their relationship in that movie i love the grandeur of 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 uh thor in that movie um i love that they expanded the world a little bit but the villain was so bad that it ruined the entire movie i don't even remember the villain was it malekith yeah it was malekith yeah Yeah, it was malekith he yeah he was he was so bland and lacked and lacked motivation and it was it was it it just it ruined it ruined what could have been a really good movie yeah um but going going back to Star Wars and what you know, what Rob said, story is key, and the, Disney as a whole has gotten away from that. That's that's why Phase Five 
uh, or phase four of the MCU um, has has gone up and down. The last, yeah. you know, six, seven years of Star Wars has been up and down. Now, I will agree that TV Star Wars is is way better than movie Star Wars. Not even um, I, and I and I do believe that the future of Star Wars will be uh, television. I don't think we're going to get nearly as many as as many movies going forward. I think there's there are going to be a lot more Star Wars series. And I think if if they keep, you know, dishing out shows like uh, like Andor and and um, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, but like make it take the good things about Obi-Wan Kenobi and, and make it better if they keep doing that. Uh, they'll they'll be all right. I think Star Wars right now is is a bit lukewarm, but I think they are turning in the right direction um, for the most part. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think um, there's definitely a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for Star Wars, especially with some of the rumors that we should be getting like concrete updates on their big cinematic plans in the near future. But um kind of tying my Star Wars opinion to my Marvel opinion, kind of like what both of you are saying. I think I would put two different words to both fandoms at the moment. So for Star Wars, I would put uneasy just because there's no real concrete future set for them. And while we're getting these great shows, like it would be really cool to kind of see where the saga continues on, whether we go back, whether we go back in time or whether we kind of fast forward in time, I think those are prospects that need to be kind of addressed on a cinematic level. And I would, as a Star Wars fan, I would love to see that stuff. And I think it's definitely frustrating that, you know, the last movie that we got was Rise of Skywalker when that was a flop, in my opinion. You know, that was definitely something that fell flat with me. And um, from Mar so kind of shifting it to Marvel and turning our gears towards Marvel, I would kind of use the word comfortable slash uneasy just because marvel fans are always comfortable with the past like they oh i always hear marvel fans cite oh we're gonna be fine just look at our history with everything it's just gonna take a while for the saga to build up but not for nothing i i could be in the minority here but when i went to go see ant-man and the wasp quantumania my expectations were i don't want to say through the roof but they were definitely there where i was expecting a really good movie i left that theater feeling quite the opposite so i think it's a trend that has been happening over the last couple of years especially with dr strange and the multiverse of madness and kind of with thor love and thunder that these movies just aren't good like just flat out aren't good right now and they could be better but it seems like maybe a little bit of studio interference kind of borrowing from their dc warner bro brothers over there and kind of just taking the emphasis off of things that were important to the original MCU has kind of led to this watered down, dowered version that we've gotten over the last couple of years. And recently it seems like Victoria Alonso, who just left, who just reported, reportedly just left Marvel has been kind of labeled the scapegoat with like post-production and VFX problems. But there's a lot of conflicting reports around that even. And, so I think while the Marvel fan base isn't as divided as Star Wars or DC, we're definitely starting to see some cracks for sure. And I think you are going to start to see the true nature of the fandom, whether they can stick around or whether they try to kind of gear their interest more towards maybe James Gunn's DCU or something along those lines. So I'm interested. I know both of you kind of touched upon it, but if you guys wanted to go more further into detail about how you guys feel where the Marvel fandom is right now, go right ahead. I, I mean, it, yeah, I, I, I've said all I can really when it comes to Marvel. I mean, it's it's the same as with 
with Star Wars, in my opinion, and they've lost their focus. Their focus is is about on trying to appease different sections of the fandom as opposed to worrying about the story. Although I will say that Captain America and or the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I felt like was definitely one of those woke shows that did it well. At least in yes. my yes. You did, you're right. You're right. I think and, and yeah. I, I even this was definitely well thought out, very well mm-hmm. matured. And, and I, I thought they did it really well in terms of just that project. Yeah. And I even yeah, talked I about it when I was reviewing that show. Cause like the first three episodes, like I was sitting there and I was like, you know, this show wasn't necessarily made for me. If that makes sense. Like it was more made for Jay, you know, like someone yep. like Jay to, to understand. Yeah. But as the show went on, it pulled me in and I got a better understanding. And I felt like, yeah. okay, while this isn't necessarily my experiences with life, I understand what's going on and, and I really enjoy it. And they did well there. I think that that was a show that they did really well on. But I also think that was one of those shows that was being planned years ago. And, you know, it wasn't one of those ones that was reactionary over the last few years. I think it was one that they were, they had an idea and they wanted to tell that story. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, uh, with, with Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, again, the, to, it's it's kind of weird because I know a lot of people don't don't really care for it, but I think it's one of the one of the more underrated projects out of the MCU uh, movies and shows uh, combined, um, because it you know it 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 was very um, politically aware, yeah. uh, but it it was for that type of story because you, you're dealing with someone named Captain America, it, you, it's going to be about politics. It can't not be about politics. So that in that, it, that was um, that wokeness or, uh, or, you know, uh, political awareness yeah. is in its nature. Yep. Um, I, I'll so even go as far to say they didn't, they didn't push it far enough. I think yep. it should have been pushed more uh, yeah, because yeah. I, I think it, it's, it was a good way to put a, a spotlight on on the political side of things and how things are. So yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely a good show. It was. Yeah, yeah I like. Sure. The, I like the political awareness in the show, but I also like the political power that is displayed by Sam towards the end with his speech. I think it was the last episode where he kind of yeah. just gave yeah. speech, just kind of showing the kind of unveiling the shadow of the America that has been prominent the last couple of years that we've seen, unfortunately, in the real world out here. So. Um, I think it's politically aware as well. I also think it's politically powerful in some of the soliloquies that we see from Sam and even from Bradley himself kind of uh, emotionally, you know, spewing some um, spewing things that emotionally mean something to him and how he was robbed of the Captain America mantle and stuff like that. So I think it's one of those examples that it could be done well just to kind of go back to something that you seem um that could have been a problem but i definitely think that that's not the consistency that we've gotten throughout the franchise from the past years at least so yeah um with uh with um with marvel um it's marvel's weird right now uh that that's that's what that's what i feel about marvel they're weird right now uh because Raise your hand if you're worried about Marvel. Raise your hand if you're worried about Secret Wars and Kang Dynasty, because I am. I'm a little worried, at least about Kang Dynasty. <laughs> Although um, the, yeah, director, I, I'm, the director, I'm, but I don't know. We're kind of like on rocky roads to begin this whole multiverse saga, so it's like 
if I miss a project, am I going to understand it? And that's from like a casual fan base perspective. Yeah, so, it, like, it, it's, 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 it's very strange. It's, it's yeah. very strange right now. Yeah. You going in and out, kid? <laughs> oh, am I? Yeah, because I, I I can't I can't tell if I'm cutting you off or not. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. You're good. You're totally okay. fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's very weird right now. Um, so I kind of got a lot to say about Marvel, but uh, with uh, with Phase Four, it was it was strange. Like I I I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it either. Like it was just mm-hmm. I'm like some I'm in like this weird purgatory area of the yep. middle and like like so like Doctor Strange I I don't like Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. I mean, yep. it's it's okay. Um it as like it's a great Sam Raimi movie. Like mm-hmm. if you look at it as just a Sam Raimi movie, it's great. But as far as um a Marvel movie like what what they marketed us and what we got are two completely different movies. I was expecting like a straight horror movie from that from that tra- from that trailer, like a like a horror adventure. And we did not get that. It was a lot more. Uh, it was it was a lot more goofiness. All all the negative things that people say about Marvel. All of that was in that movie. Um, a, bu- a bunch of unnecessary jokes. We didn't get a, a whole lot of the multiverse. The movie was mismarketed. Um, just, just a bunch of fan service. Um, and I and don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not necessarily against f- uh, fan service because in game, while I while I think that is the inferior uh, to. Avengers Infinity War Endgame is to, to me is fan service done right like we we earned all of that fan service but just doing fan service for the for the sake of fan service that that's what Marvel is doing right now and, I, and I'm yeah. I'm not okay with that um you know as, as far as the other movies uh that that have come out recently like in the last two years or so like I, I I'm I'm a big fan of Eternals um, I know yep. Evan Feige said that he would he 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 believes that Marvel gives filmmakers an opportunity to tell different stories. And I and I made I made a video about, you know, Marvel and DC a, a couple of months ago saying, you know, that Kevin Feige really hasn't done that. Um, you know, there, there are a handful of movies that do that. And Eternals is one of those movies. He, he allowed Chloe Zhao to make exactly the movie that she wanted to make and to me it is one of the most beautiful superhero yeah. stories ever told I and it, i I, th- I think that definitely. people are like people are uh they they were so hung up on the the marvelisms that they couldn't see the story for what it was it it, it is an anti marvel movie like chloe Zhao like literally came out and said that the influence for that movie was Man of Steel, and it like it, it's all over it. And I think that's part of the reason why why I loved it so much. Um, and going back to what you said about uh, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, I actually liked that movie, but yeah. my expectations were a little low. I was excited for uh, Jonathan Majors, but the movie as a whole, I I, I knew I kind of knew what we were gonna get. I mean, the Ant Man movies haven't been great. 
Right. Um, the first one, the first one is okay. The second one is to me is not good. (laughs) I felt like there was a certain element that was missing that was in the first two Ant-Man movies that was kind of missing in Quantumania. And I felt like they just bit off a lot more than they than they could have handled with Quantumania. I felt like it could have been a little bit on story. But for the most part, I just felt like it fell flat. There were definitely parts of it that were dope. There were other Mm -hmm. parts that definitely fell flat with me. I will, uh, without spoiling, I will say the ending definitely fell flat with me with Jonathan Majors. And while everything in the post credit scenes was really cool, I think the taste that was left in my mouth in those last five minutes of the actual movie kind of ruined my experience with the post credit scenes themselves. So Mm -hmm. um, I know me and you had a chat on Slack about that, about kind of disagreeing of our stances on Ant-Man and the Watch Contumania. So I'm glad that Mm -hmm. we were finally able to get that in a little bit. But um, yeah, no, is there anything else you would would like to add for the Marvel uh, side of things? I know Rob had to kind of step away really quickly for something. So it's just going to be me and you duking it out for the last part of uh, this fandom talk for sure. Yeah, um, I I think the last thing I'll say is that um, Marvel just needs to get back to telling good stories just like rob said um get like just get away get away from the fan service because it feels like they're putting fan service first even even with the the costume design they're over designing their their costumes thor Thor, love and thunder oh my god like it's it's so over the top with the with the costume design and they're trying to go more comic book accurate but not everything translates well to live action it's just that's just a fact um there's a reason why we haven't seen wolverine in a a live action uh a live uh or a a comic book accurate live action suit it it doesn't translate well as is to screen although Um, i will say the tease that james mangold included at the end of i believe it was the wolverine yeah it was the wolverine that did look dope. I can't lie. That that costume looked dope. I'm sure there are ways to make it look better while on Hugh Jackman. But just from the outsets and the aesthetic of it all, I thought it was pretty dope to see that iteration of the of that costume. Just to rebuttal your um, just to rebuttal your Wolverine take for sure. But we obviously yeah, as yeah. that haven't been able to see it in live action, so we're not really too well informed if it would translate well on screen, as you said. Yeah, and I I think that now we're we're in a space with movies that you can make it work. Yeah. But it it's not going to look like I don't think it's going to look like how people want it to look. Yeah. There there's an artist, I can't remember his name, but he made an incredible comic book accurate version of Wolverine that looked awesome. Yep. And but it, it looked it looked very tactical and it looked realistic, but it was it was very reminiscent of the comics. Um it didn't have a whole lot of yellow in there, but it had just enough to make it look okay, you know, uh make it look accurate and the you know the the ears weren't so big but they were big enough to still look like Wolverine. Like he actually really made it work. Um, so yeah. I, I do think that it 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 could work, but like I said, that you know there there's a reason why we haven't seen many of these these characters be in, in comic book like accurate what, uh suits. I kind of like what WandaVision did where they made like meta references to their classic comic books where right the Halloween episode was Scarlet Witch is dressed in like her comic book accurate uh, Scarlet yeah. Witch those vision. So I kind of like those meta references, but as you said, I do too. 
yeah, I think sometimes they do go a little overboard in trying to get the source material to the screen. And while I commend them for the effort, and it's kind of like a lot with what they've done, not just with costumes, but just their movies in general over the last couple of years, I respect the effort. Could have been done better for sure. I think that's a general basis I've gotten from a lot of the fans is that like, while I could I sat there and enjoyed it, I wasn't, it wasn't the, to the level of pre and mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's just going to remain to wait and see kind of with what we get in the future and the immediate multiverse saga and hopefully the ship can kind of be turned around here for sure. Yeah, it's just they just got to get back to telling good stories because, you know, if you go back to the first two X-Men movies, people will forgive you for not uh, being comic book accurate to... Right to the look of the characters if you just make a good movie those first two movies are really good i even enjoyed the third one even yeah. though it's it's not um it doesn't hold a candle to the first, the first two movie. uh but you know pe people will forgive you if you just tell a good story yep. just just tell good stories man that's all i want and that's kind of a perfect segue to our last fandom that we're kind of taking the temperature with because in james gunn's announcement for chapter one of the dcu he made it a point to end that video saying that story will be moving forward in the DCU. And I think while Zach was always good at giving us a very multi-layered story, I could even get lost in some of it. I'd be honest with you, like Lex's plan is very bullet pointed and you have to cross dots to make sure that everything works fine. So um, I think yeah. that that's if that's going to be very welcome by me, at least in the new DCU. But I mean... You know, I want to pose this to you because I think this is interesting. So obviously over the last couple of days, we've seen Zachary Levi kind of go back and forth through multiple interviews with the fans in terms of singling out fans. So I am posing this to you. So James Gunn, obviously a couple months ago, acknowledged the Snyder-based fan base of the DC as the minority. But then you have Zachary Levi in interviews saying that this minority of fans in the DC have led to kind of a very negative reaction in the box office for some of these movies. So I pose to you, how is it possible for, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I kind of am on the side of like, what are you talking about? But how do you view that argument that if the Snyder base fans are a minority, how are we having such a big impact on the box office that we see for Shazam, even the box office problems that we've seen for Black Adam. So I'm interested to hear your take on that before we kind of wrap a bow on our temperature check on the DC fandom. Um, I would say I'm about 60-40 on it. Um, I, like 60% I agree, 40% I don't. Um, the Snyder... This, the the Snyder fans are a subset of D, of DC fans, but within that subset of DC fans is another subset yeah. that is very toxic and very very vocal. Um, what has bothered me over the last two years or so is how people are lumping all Snyder fans together. Yep. I am a Zack Snyder fan. I've been a Zack Snyder fan since what? Uh, Watchmen three, which no three hundred. That's the one that came out in two thousand seven. Yeah, yep. I've been a Snyder fan yep. since two thousand seven. Um, and I am a fan of the Snyderverse. I'm a fan of the Snyder Cut. Um, I love the way he handles those characters. Yeah. Um, I will agree with you to an extent that sometimes it gets a bit convoluted, but I don't think that's his fault. 
uh, primarily uh, BVS. Warner Brothers wanted him to fast track his universe. So yeah. BVS is, is convoluted, not because of Zack Snyder or Chris Terrio. It's <laughs> convoluted because, because, because of WB. Yeah. He didn't want to make he didn't want to make BV like, well he he wanted to make BVS but he didn't he didn't want that to be the second movie in his right, universe. Yeah. He, I guarantee you he did he did not want to kill Superman in his second movie. He yeah. wanted to make a proper Man of Steel sequel. He wanted to make a Batman solo movie. He wanted to do it the right way. They forced his hand, so we got BVS and I and I firmly believe that um, he did the best he could with what he was given. I think BVS is just short of a masterpiece yep. if you tighten it if you if if you tighten it up in in a in a in a few sp in a few spaces it's five out of five movie yep. but going back to what and i said about the, the movie <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um going back to what i said about the the dc fans um i think that snyder fans is is a larger subset than what uh zachary levi believes but like I said, within that subset is a very, very vocal and a yeah. very toxic fan base. And unfortunately, that small toxic minority has um is 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 infectious. Yeah. It's very and infectious. And, and, it, and it's yeah. it's it's uh yeah. it bothers me it, it bothers me tremendously. It, right. it it almost got to a point where I was almost embarrassed to say that I was a uh a Snyder fan yeah. because of that that very toxic minority within the, the the Snyder fandom yeah no it's um I kind of said it earlier with the events that led to Zack Snyder's Justice League I think a lot of things that have happened over the last few months with the announcement of DC the reboot this that and the other is just a perfect storm of elements like mm -hmm. we clamored for Henry Cavill to come back we clamored mm -hmm. for he literally begged everyone for it. We didn't really show a difference in in Black Adam. Like, take the context of how Superman was used in that post credit scene. That mm -hmm. didn't really draw what the the attention that everyone who was involved in that decision originally thought it was. You know, you have reports of The Rock trying to take over the DCEU, and while I think that he's definitely one of the nails in the coffin i don't think that was the overall nail in the coffin like i no. think in the chat earlier or just chat when it came up the coffin was already buried at that point it was just really yeah. gonna put the final dirt on it so i think mm -hmm. you know just as a dedicated snyder fan myself just as you have articulated i started off very humble beginnings with them i donated a lot to their causes i i believe my biggest donation was to get the uh, sign in the soccer stadium up that little like graphic sign in the soccer stadium up that was just running loop for a little bit but mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of great causes that the snyder fans are behind and even recently with SnyderCon being sold out in what 10 minutes like there's yeah, a lot crazy. there's still a lot of good and light inside of the fan base and i hope that the fans can kind of be be at the point where we are where we've discussed this we we love what, what came before, but we're so excited for what's coming ahead. Like, dude, we're finally getting a DCU that's going to be completely interconnected. We got a Batman, right. that's Robin's son. We got a new... Like, how can you not be excited about that? Dude, like, 
second we have like a Wonder Woman Game of Thrones sort of thing happening, like, dude, when he made that announcement, I thought he was very smart in trying to connect some projects to things that are very popular. And oh, um, that was genius. And it's like comics have been falling off the shelf, so there is excitement. I just you know, I saw, so obviously the Snyderverse trilogy poster got posted, uh, I think a day ago, a day ago or so. And um, you're already starting to see these crazy fans kind of break it down that like, oh, the fingers pointing up mean this and that. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like I saw somebody retweet <laughs> help for sure. Like, please somebody analyze these guys. And I kind of just sit back and laugh because at a moment I was like that for the Snyder cut where I was like, oh my God, all I want is the Snyder cut. Give me the Snyder cut now, like this, that, and the other. But I don't know, with retrospect, it's kind of like, holy shit, like, let's take a deep breath, embrace what was, and that's what we're going to get with SnyderCon, and I think it's very interesting that Warner Bros. has been at the spearhead of this and trying to repair relations so that we can get, I guess, somewhat of a proper goodbye so that we can finally just move on and embrace what's going forward. Whether what that means for The Flash, Blue Beetle, Aquaman 2 is beyond me. I'm of the personal mindset that Blue Beetle should be retooled and moved to the DCU. Aquaman, what you know, everyone is saying is a complete mess. So probably move that up and then have the Flash kind of release in December, kind of reset things. But that obviously is not happening with the amount of setbacks that the Flash has had and the trailers and stuff. So um, it's an interesting time for DC, and I think it's a lot more positive than what it's being framed as now. But you know, I'm obviously disappointed Ben isn't coming back to direct or that Henry isn't coming back or even Gal for that matter. But we have to embrace multiple iterations of these characters. Like it happens. It's going to continue happening. It's happened right in front of our faces with other franchise. Look at the James Bond franchise. Look at the Batman franchise. Like everyone gets their turn with these characters and then we turn a new leaf for new characters. And I'll leave on this note. I am so excited to get a fresh influx of talent inside of the of inside of the superhero genre. Like we're in this moment where we kind of are stuck with not stuck, but we have veterans of these worlds now. But we are now going to start to get some fresh new blood, and I think that's really exciting. And believe me, I'll be following casting announcements for months and rumors and this. So it's an exciting time, and that's kind of where I stand. I know that's very much in the minority of dc fans right now but i know that you kind of are similar in that way so i hope that we can finally get past this really awkward stage and look forward because hell i'm trying to find comic-con tickets for this year because i think it's going to be one of those comic-cons where dc will rock the house and and oh, all yeah. Yeah, i am that, yeah. I, beyond excited for it so yeah, I'm I I'm with you when you're right, man. I I'm just I'm I'm looking forward to the future. I'm 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 grateful for what we have gotten with with the Snyderverse and I, and and you know, contrary to popular belief, the 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 DCEU was messy, but not all of it was bad. I liked Shazam. I liked I liked Aquaman. Um you know, I liked I think, Wonder Woman. Yep. I think watching Shazam Fury of the Gods reminded me of that, where it was like, ah, shit, man, we had such a bumpy ride, but damn, when it had its moments, its moments were beautiful, honestly. You know, we have yeah, yeah. a lot of top comic book moments that are very attributed to the DCEU rather than it all being the MCU. And I think that's easy to forget with all the drama and bullshit that's been going on lately. But um, yeah, no, it's sad to say goodbye, but it had its moments. And and I hope those moments can carry over into this new universe and we just get a whole bevy of those moments, moments moving forward. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
Well, that's, I'm going to leave it at that. I know that you have uh, important recording to do after this, and then you have your recording for your Monday show for the TCN Rundown. So I know you're a busy man, and I just wanted to say again on behalf of me and Rob, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us today, and I hope that this is one of many future collaborations that we have in store. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, thank you for the opportunity to be here and you know, yeah, of course. share my opinions on uh, nerd culture and, and superheroes and Star Wars and everything. I just, uh, you know, like I said, you know, anytime, anytime you get you get to sit down and talk about this stuff in depth is 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 a good day. So once again, thank you for uh, letting no, please, me come here and, and be a nerd. <laughs> I look forward to having you a lot more and talking to you a lot more. We've had our yeah very in-depth conversations on slack so it was very nice to see it translated onto the screen really well yeah yeah for sure all right well everybody thank you for joining and i will see everybody next time on the bridging the geekdoms podcast